0: Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more.
1: The Houndsman XP Podcast Network is taking you on the journey. Your host, Master Trainer Heath Hyatt, will combine his decades of experience as a houndsman and as a professional trainer that will light the path forward and make our packs lighter on this lifelong journey to become better hunters and houndsmen there are no shortcuts so lace up those boots and grab a dog leash the journey begins now
2: hey guys the journey on houndsman xp is teamed up with go wild go wild is a social media platform that was made for hunters by hunters If you guys and gals have listened to any of the other podcasts that I've been on, you know what a huge outdoor enthusiast I am. I love being in the woods with my hounds. There's nothing more exciting than hearing the thunder of a spring gobbler. I love fishing for trout in the brooks and the streams, and I love being on the river chasing that ever-elusive fish of a thousand casts, the muskie. Go Wild is the place that I can post my trophies, hunts, and memories without being censored. But Go Wild is so much more than that. It's a place to share your stories, sharpen your skills, hone your tactics, get gear reviews, and shop for anything outdoors. When you make a purchase from the Go Wild store, everything is free shipping. Anything that you purchase, anywhere in the country, no matter how big, free shipping. So go down to the show notes, click on the Go Wild link at the bottom, and get signed up today. And let's go wild. On today's episode of The Journey, we're going to walk back a little bit. Uh, We've had several um, questions some people inquiring about um, different stages of puppy development. So I've just decided that <clears throat> we are going to do a podcast on puppy development. Let's
1: give a shout out.
2: Yeah. To who, Leon? Leon Brown. Yes, Leon was the one that actually asked that we do this. Um, like I said, I've had several questions since we started the, the pup date one about what about this, what about that, how do I do this. We're not going to get in a lot of the training part of it. Um, We're going to talk about the developmental stages. Um, I'm probably going to work from weaning stage up to um, six months old, but I'm going to give you some information from six to 18 months old because I think it's very important. So yeah, I mean that's what we're going to do today and Hopefully it'll help people. And, you know, I just want to throw this out there. I, guys, this, everybody has things that works for them and doesn't work for them. And people's tried this and it works and they stay with that. And that's, um, we don't want you to change things. or We're not telling you to change things that you're doing already that's being successful. This is just a- Unless it's wrong. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) See, I I do a lot of things wrong. (laughs) I am like by trial, by error, and I'm like in front of the firing squad. You know, one thing that we haven't we haven't done it's like
1: um, we we just recorded a podcast for the Houndsman XP podcast. Well, actually, that's the uh, Ask
2: Me Anything podcast, and we never did introduce who people are listening to. Yeah, you would think they probably get tired of listening to me.
1: I know I get tired of it, but but maybe somebody's tuning in for the first
2: time. So, your host, Heath Hyatt from Appalachian American. We down here in southwestern Virginia yep in the hills we're in the hills and Chris Powell is with us we've been down doing a little bear chasing yep had some had some success so far be happy I hope tomorrow goes good too but it's part of hunting but yeah we're just um, we're gonna like I said we're just gonna dive into this and have a discussion about it um and back to what I was saying you know it's not it's not the way. It's a way. It's not um, the only way. Right. You can there's you know, you've heard us say it and if you've been in hounds and dogs long enough, there's a lot a, of
1: it a lot of it's a different way, Heath. You know, it's mm-hmm. a lot of what you're bringing to the podcast is um uh, stuff that most people haven't ever had access to. When you start talking about people who train dogs for a living, like at the hits conference that you went to. Mm-hmm and the people you get to interact with and talk to and, and all that stuff, this is all, there's a lot of new information here. And and I'm just extremely happy that, that you're gathering that stuff because we've said it before, dog training is dog training. Mm-hmm. Dogs think alike. There's some <clears throat> diff, minor differences and nuances to what we do but the behavioral aspect of it, how they respond to pressure and different things, it's all the same. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's just a different, the different um, facets or the, the tasks that we're asking them to do and how we apply that usage to them. But yeah, this is just an opinion um, and some advice. It's nothing that you've got to take to the bank and it's, you know, it's the gospel. It's not because everybody has ways of doing things, Um I'll talk to you about some of the things that I've done that I've been successful with. And I'll talk to you about some of the things that I have not been successful with. And I think, we, you know, we learn through failure. That's where we get our best learning from is, yeah, I tried this and that didn't work. Or, you know, I did this with the dog and completely screwed it up. And now I'm having to start over with another dog. So, you know, that's our best. best teacher is failure. How many times have
1: you been through that? I mean, how many how many lessons do you remember when you're a kid? When you're a kid and you're reflecting back on your childhood and you think, man, I remember when uh, I did this and it, and it was a good experience and I learned so much from it. Never. But you always remember that time that you did something stupid, like the time that I jumped off the barn roof and was jumping onto the chicken house unawares you know because there's only like a six foot gap It's an easy easy jump to make but i didn't take into account the morning dew no oh man you -hmm. hit the top of the chicken house you bust your butt and then you slide off the chicken house and you fall 10 feet Mm -hmm. i remember that lesson pretty clearly
2: (laughs) yeah bad judgment yes i just remember getting my butt handed to me by my parents constantly I guess that's how bad I was. <laughs> I remember. I
1: remember the D's. I picked up the board of education. My dad just passed. One of the things that was left in his estate was a big wooden paddle. He called it the board of education. Mm-hmm. I remember the D's. Yep.
2: Yeah. Those were the. Those were the good days. I think society's gotten away from that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably need more of it. But yeah. So let's dive into some puppy puppy development. Um, again, a lot of this is going to depend on you. Who are raising the pups, and then uh, we we we're going to talk a little bit about the difference in raising a single pup as to raising a whole litter, um, because that death definitely has a bearing on the 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 rate at which they learn um, if they learn it as a pack or they learn it as an individual. So I'm going to run through a couple stages real quick um, just so everybody understands where we're at. Um, when you talk about the the developmental stages, um, stage one is the is basically the neonatal period, zero to two weeks. Puppies don't know nothing, can't see, can't smell, can't hear. Um, they're basically relying on mom and, and and feed. That's it. And then the stage two would be the transitional period, which is two to four weeks. That's where the that's where some learning starts to take mm-hmm. place. Um, you know, they start opening their eyes they start to hear their personalities to be, begin to develop um they start to learn to walk and bark and tail wagon so that transitional period um is kind of the start of life yeah even though they've been born for two weeks and that varies i mean some people see it 10 days some people see it 15 14 16 days so it varies so i'm not saying that it's got to be that that exactly
1: i'm pretty sure yog Terriers are advanced <clears throat> learners oh yeah yeah
2: yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, then you have stage three, which is your socialization period, which is about three to 12 weeks. Um, I think that 12 to 16 weeks is the most important in the developmental stage. But basically we talk about the socialization period. Um, usually between seven and 12 weeks, a single puppy, that's when you usually pick your puppies up and you take them home. So this is – their you know, the change is pretty rapid because they went from this environment. Now they're going to a different environment. Um, you know, they become aware of their surroundings. They start having some fears. They start learning noises, you know, the, the, the normal things that takes place, um, at your, at your house and in your environment. Um, and usually they adapt pretty quickly, um, because they're younger when they do that. Um, so, yeah, seven to nine weeks in that in that socialization period. Um, they have their full senses, and, I mean, they're ready to, to take on the world. Um, stage four, we'll call it stage four, uh, which is three to six months, which is basically a testing period. And I don't mean that for, like, this is when you test your dog. Yes, you can, and you've heard me talk about it on the podcast and Ariel talk about it. Um, that's when we do some flirt pole training and we are mm-hmm. training or you know stimulation to see what we have um but that testing period basically means this is when they start to the the, the adults start enforcing that manners mm-hmm. they make a dog mind they put them in they put them in pack order um you can start having you know problematic behaviors at this point so that stage 3 to 6 months which is your 12 weeks to how many every weeks that is? What twenty four, twenty? Yeah, um, that's when they're testing their their litter mates. Or if you're at home, they're te- you know you. I've had pups that if you have children around, you know they're biting, they're pulling on their jeans, they're doing this, they're doing that. They're treating that that person just as a pack, a part a par- part of their pack. And you know that's when that nipping and the biting and stuff takes a place. And you've got to let them know that it's unacceptable. Um, period. But that's at, that's the testing period for for them. And then we get into stage five, which is six to eighteen months. And you've heard me talk about this before. This is that this is that juvenile delinquent stage. Yeah. You know, they're adolescents. Um, you know, they are doing all kinds of things. You know, this is when the chewing really takes place. If yeah. you if you're you know, like I let my pups run loose and they chew everything up around the house. I mean, it's, it's amazing crazy.
1: what they can find. You'll yes. find in the yard. It's like where did you get this? Yes. These
2: dogs have How did you find it? They've drug in stuff. I don't know. My neighbors are probably missing half their stuff <laughs> cuz they've got them all. But, you know, they start marking. Um, they sometimes some dogs will could become less friendly at that point in stage cuz they're kind of mature and and they kind of find their independence um i've noticed that in that uh, blue
1: tick pup that i got there at the house i call whip the reason he stayed at my house is because when it came to be all of a sudden at, at weaning age mm-hmm. a little bit you know right in that time all of a sudden it was kind of like whoop. Mm. you know i saw that change he was super friendly super <coughs> everything and and right about eight <coughs> weeks old and people started picking up pups and uh i started seeing a change in behavior and I had to start hand feeding and stuff to take it, get him over his shyness. Mm-hmm. have my wife doing it; it made her mad for a long time. She thinks she's a dog whisperer, and mm-hmm. he wouldn't go on walks with her
2: and different stuff. And he was real bonded to me, so I got a little bit of mileage on mm. that. But and also during this period, this is something to think about. This is when you start seeing sometimes sometimes you see that dog aggression taking a, a mm. you know dog on dog aggression. So yeah, um, that's it. And you got to remember, six to eighteen months is a juvenile. It's a juvenile. It's an adolescent. Yeah. And, and a lot of our dog, we you know, we talk about it all the time. You know, when I got a dog, my 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 young dogs are eighteen months old right now. Yeah, they're a year and a half exactly. And you know, we we had a conversation today about it. You know, I absolutely trust them zoo, zillow none, zilch. <laughs> but they, you know, sometimes they do good, and sometimes they look like a juvenile delinquent. That's what they look like. So that's that's something you know during that period you got to be. You got to be cognizant of, um, I want to talk about fear periods because a lot of people don't understand that dogs go through those, those fear Mm -hmm. places. Um, the first one usually takes place between eight and 10 weeks and that's usually when they go to a new home. Yeah. Um, so. And and, that's when I should have put my
1: plug in about whip. Yeah. You know, in that fear period Mm -hmm. and how it it developed right then. There's a distrust of people.
2: Yeah, well, y- yes. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, that's, that's, this is a very important part of puppy development. Um, if it's handled wrong, that's when you can start seeing, if it's handled wrong at, at these ages that I'm going to tell you, that's where a lot of um, pet dogs start becoming aggressive hmm. because they're, it's fear. They're biting out of fear or they're being yeah. aggressive out of fear. So if it's not handled properly, but eight to 10 weeks, sometimes you'll see it between four and six months. Um, Nine months, and then that fourteen to eighteen months. Those are the periods that you want to see. Um, you know if they're if they're com- becoming uh, fearful. Mm-hmm. You know you'll see the 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 shaking, um, backing away, hiding, running away. I have actually, I mean, I've seen this play out in mine. Um, at about six, put a dog that I had, and we was just talking about him. Um, but it was about sixteen months old. When it was like he flipped. I'm like, dude, what's going on with you? Yeah. Um, and I'm not proud to say this. I don't like it. But he's hard. For me, I can catch him. For you to go catch him is not so much. And I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I have worked with it, uh, with him. Anybody that's here at the house, can, and the girls can catch him, like, no problem. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, bam, attached to them. Um, For me, not so much, Um, and now he's 22 22 months old, Um, and like I said, today when he crossed the road, they couldn't get their hands on him. I had to go down there and holler, and here he comes, Um, and I I don't like that. I do not, I don't like that quality in a dog, Um, so anyway, it is what it is, but that was that 12 to... Or 14 to 18 months, age, that fear period.
1: Well, I, a lot of old timers didn't want people catching their dogs back in the fur booms and stuff like that because dogs were being stolen and yeah. came up missing and different things. Mm-hmm. But when's the last time you can remember that somebody th- thinks or claims that they had a dog stolen while they were out hunting? It's been a long time for me.
2: Ah, uh, I mean, we get posed quite often. If you yeah, but
1: of- I mean, I mean, Local, oh here, yeah. I mean, you watch the news, and it seems like everybody's getting shot yeah. in the streets. But yeah, uh, wow. you know, local. I, I, I I'm not saying it doesn't happen, right? Yeah. But to to encourage that type of behavior for the fear that it might happen, yeah. Man, I don't see the benefits of that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd much rather Hot Rod a Rooster be able to catch my dog yeah. down the mountain, especially in or out in the road. Yeah, out in the road, or or yep. or you know, I'm up. Like today, I was walking into another tree, and Mm -hmm. they're catching my dog down the mountain Mm -hmm. on another bear and yours, and yeah, I want them to be able to do that because if if they don't, there's a real good chance I'm going to lose track of them at that point.
2: Yeah, no, and yeah, that's I'm with you, and I I do not like it. And um, you guys know that I I spend a lot of time with the dogs trying to overcome the stuck barriers like that, and. I have worked with him and worked with him and worked with him, and now by the end of season, by the end of season, that it'll be it will it will be a do- doable. Mm-hmm. But then after you know I, you know he's here with me for the next nine months, it goes right back, right back to it. same thing he did last year. So. Groundhog's Day, yeah, Groundhog Day, yeah. So, all right, let's get let's get let's go backwards now and let's really talk about the pups. And you know, Leon's question was. You know, at what stages should we be seeing what behaviors and what what should we be doing and expecting from those pups? Again, I'm going to put this disclaimer out. A lot of things go into effect here. So the first thing that I feel like is the most important tidbit is, are are you raising a litter and are you raising it single? The second part of that is, are you able to let the dogs run loose? Like where I live, you know, I let my pups the the you know the the litter I just raised the the A's they literally run loose until they was picked up by their you know where Forrest and West got theirs they was run they run loose all day. when I got up in the morning they were out until uh, until dark and I've got I don't even know what I'm gonna call this pup out here but the <laughs> pup that I've got now this morning when we we left he was out yeah and he's still out and I'll put him up at dark. That helps a dog work at their own pace. It allows a dog to investigate and explore and do things at his own pace. And it, I feel like, through my experience, that the dogs mature faster when they're able to do that. It's self-discovery. We've talked about self-discovery a lot on this podcast. You know, letting the dogs figure it out for themselves. Um, so that, with that question being said, are you are you able to let the dog run loose? And I know a lot of people aren't. You know, some of the questions that I had come to me after some of the podcast was, you know, well, I can't where I live, I'm not, I can't turn a dog loose.
1: It's a common problem. I'm I'm blessed. I mean, I I haven't whip. I, he is four months old now, and he has been locked. I'm, he's running loose at my house right now. Mm-hmm. And doesn't know what's inside the kennel. If I put him in the kennel, it's like, what am I? That's that's a new adventure for him. Mm -hmm. But talking about at their own pace. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of nights where I'll just hunt right from my house. And with pups running loose, if they decide to go, they can go. If they don't want to go, I'm not trying to entice them to go um same way with when when i'm training dogs and roading them and and stuff i've got a course there set up that i if they decide they want to go that's fine i may make a couple laps and i'll look over across the creek and whip sitting over there in front of the barn it's like i've had enough of that crap i'm sitting over here watching you all go go through all that Mm -hmm. but it's it's all at their own pace and i'm talking 24 hours a day uh just letting them figure it out Mm -hmm. and as they are going through that, and I'm watching, and I see little things, and I see, you know, you learn so much by being able to watch those pups. And I mm-hmm. I call it seeing those moments of greatness. Hmm. You know, you see those moments of greatness or brilliance where you know it's in there, and it's my job to bring it out. I saw that, you know. But, yeah, running loose is huge. But yeah. what about the person that can't? Because it's a
2: rare thing. Yes. So if you cannot let your dogs loose, like, you know, like a lot of people are able to, you have, you are, you are going to be required if you want to um, have a have a good, a good pup and a good solid foundation, you're going to be required to spend as much time as you can with that pup. And then that goes back to your commitment. You know, are you committed to when you're home on Saturdays and Sundays are you are you willing to, you know, spend four or five hours a day, you know, with that dog? You know, if I – and I have been in that situation, and I – you know, when I was doing that, my dogs went everywhere with me, them puppies. I picked them up, put them in the front seat. When I went to town, they went with me. When I went to the – you know, to, took in the trash to the dump, they went with me. When I was running errands, they went with me. So any opportunities I had to spend with that dog, I did. And also – that I was showing them new environments, yeah um but i wanna I wanna go back um to the age um you know seven to twelve weeks old is usually when we get our puppies if we're going singles um and what I mean singles is you're getting a you you're, you're going I'm going to your house, Chris, and I'm buying a pup from you or getting a pup from you, and I'm taking it home. that usually happens between that seven and twelve weeks. Don't forget about if you're able to let your dogs run loose. this is a great time to crate train dogs because they are able to adapt and learn faster um, and then that doesn't cause anxiety and nervousness and some of the the problems that we have in kennels later on in life. Um, so
1: well, I th- one thing that I've noticed in the last 10 years is competition coon hunters, those dogs don't sleep in the box anymore. They go in the hotel room and they're mm-hmm. in a crate. So this is why it's so crucial to understand crate training. I've had dogs before that I picked up, and you bring them in and put them in a crate. Next thing you know, they're standing at the standing at the side of the crate, trying to pee on the house plant that's five mm. five feet away. They didn't understand why <clears throat> they didn't understand the restrictions there. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, I'm not trying to make this a crate training thing, but. For anybody sitting out there, poo pooing and crate training, there's some real benefits to that. Oh
2: yes, um, yeah. I I, I I have moved mine, but the last pup that I raised before this litter, uh, a dog called JJ, and JJ stayed in the house in a crate every night mm-hmm. until he was a year old. And he was he's he was quite as a mouse. You never knew that dog was in here. But he also run loose in the yard until he was probably 10 months old eight or 10 months old Mm um yeah crate training is good for a lot of things you know we talked today we answered some questions about barking in the box and stuff like that and that crate that crate is a perfect uh area to to curve some of that behavior yeah um so yeah i i believe in crate training um I, i haven't had any of the last pups in here that i've that i've had the last three that i've that I've got here, I haven't had them in, I've had them in the house, but I haven't had them in a crate. Um, But something else that I have seen, too, with... Carrie asked me if Tuff was sleeping in the bed with me. (laughs) (laughs) you say, uh, no? But I've noticed, too, when I raise pups that I let run loose, they're a lot cleaner in a pen. They do not like to go... You're darn right. They do not like to go in a pen... Even the little little dog that I have now, he's um, 14 weeks old, um, and I want to get back to him too just in a second. like he he'll as soon as you let him out, bam, he's going over in the field and he's yeah. in the bathroom. Um, so that's that, a good thing. yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, not I mean di- you're not scattering them with the mower, you're not stepping yeah. in them, mm-hmm. you know
1: and you're not cleaning them out of the kennel.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I really like I like a clean I like a clean dog. I do too. Most of us do. I mean, I don't Uh, like painters.
1: (laughs) One one thing, a lot of this. If if you're raising puppies, and you're allowing that that puppy pen to get so messy that they've got to walk through it, Mm -hmm. they just get used to it. You're I found that you have problems with that. The rest of that dog's life if Mm. they're a turd grinder it's you i've seen it so many times that and i'm i don't know how to say this without making it sound like uh downgrading some houndsmen out there but i picked up pups in places and i thought
2: man you know when's the last time you cleaned the kennel out a little rough a little rough Mm -hmm. and uh but again i think it goes back they're, not, they're probably not able to turn those dogs loose, and when you have six or eight puppies, it's I'm just it's talking, overwhelming. Yeah,
1: I'm just talking about the, you know, a little tip here. Keep your puppy clean pens clean where they're not walking through it, mm-hmm. and they'll go out of their way. It's like, oh, I'm not stepping in that. It's mm-hmm. weird. I've mm-hmm. I've noticed that about every one of my yeah last three litters that I've raised. Yeah, they're clean. They're clean in the kennel later when you keep that puppy pen cleaned up.
2: All right, so let's go back to the to the development and what stages or what we should be looking for at what at what ages. So again, if you're letting your dogs run loose, they're going to tell you. Like you're going to see them, you know, out here out here chasing rabbits. Okay, mm-hmm. well I know I'm at this point I can do this. Um, if you're not, if you're having to keep the dog um, in a pen and and spend. Well, what are
1: you going to do if you see a dog chasing a rabbit?
2: Mm-hmm. What is this? What do you, uh, okay? I know I can do this. What is that? Well, I know that his maturity level is starting to peak. I know that now. Okay, now he's interested in scent. He's using his natural instinct, and that dog is developing. Where I know that it's not too long. He's going to be ready for the woods. Mm-hmm. But that's me. Like I said, I, I don't get in a big rush. Like I said, my pups are six months, a little over right at they're over a little over six months old, not seven yet. And, you know, I'm carrying them one, you know, I'm carrying them with me one at a time, and I'm walking them into, I'm not turning them loose on races yet. Um, why only, why are you only packing them one at a time? So, an old timer told me this if you got two pups, you're training half a pup. If you got three pups, you're training no pups. <laughs> so, I
1: used to tell my son that, you know, when you're alone, you got a half a brain. When there's, when you got a friend over, you got no brain. <laughs> that's right.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that. I, you just can't. Me, I I can't effectively train three dogs at one time. Mm-hmm. So I'm singling them out. I'm taking them one at a time. And when I find the one that that that's wanting to start to go and wants to start doing and doing and doing, I'll go ahead and and I'll single that pup out and take it till it's running and training and doing what it should consistently. And then I'll add the second. That's yeah. that's just me. Um, like I said, trying to take three of them at one time. Is nothing but a headache. And um, you're a professional trainer. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but that's what it says. That's you what get that's, paid to do it. That's what it says. Yeah. You're stealing checks or what? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So depending on if you can let them run loose or in a pen, um, makes a big difference. All right. So we are going to start from eight to twelve weeks old. So we've got a four week period there. All right. What should my What should I be doing with my pup? What What Should I look for or where should I expect to be? Um, Again, let's go back to running loose or in a pen. There's where I start um, doing some food scatters, having them using their nose. Um, I take them to some different locations. Describe a food scatter. That's where I'm taking a handful of food, um, like I have posted some pictures and we've talked about. And I'll scatter it out in the yard, and I do it in different places. Sometimes I do it a day or two, and then the next time I do it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm teaching them to use their nose to keep their nose down and start searching. I'm I'm starting a hunting. Um, im imp, I'm imprinting the hunting habit. Mm-hmm. They've already got it. I'm just I'm just reinforcing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just good um, positive association. Bringing it association. to the surface. Yeah, so. The second thing that I'm looking for at this age, 8 to 12 weeks, um, is I'm starting to see the dogs. And, again, if you've got a single puppy, it's hard because you can't look at the whole litter. But if you've got a single puppy, you know, look for behaviors. Look, you know, when you when you change the location of that food, ask, see if he's using his nose. See if he's picking his nose up and saying, okay, oh, it's over here. And you see him wander off, and he goes right to it and starts, you know, picking it around and, and getting his reward um if he's not doing it and you have to walk him in that direction and and coax him you know we talked about it on Cameron's podcast that's inference you know I'm helping the dog along I'm not doing it for him but I'm giving him guidance um so anyway that's some things that I do at that period uh I you know of course I put collars start working the collars and that's a good time to do a little bit of lead training if you if you want to um I typically wait a little bit longer but um you know you go to these hunts we were at Grand America this year and was down there and these you know these kids were leading these you know 10 week old puppies around dragging them dragging the pads, yeah, dragging, dragging the pads you know. off of them but you know they learn really quickly cuz yeah, they're not they able to they're not able to buck the system to so to say at that age
1: one of the things I like to do in that 8 to 12 week range is tie them out. You know, we're letting them run loose, but I like to introduce them to being tied out. Mm -hmm. Put the collar on them, give them a few days with the collar, then introduce them to a good solid stake. And it doesn't have to be a real long, but it doesn't have to be too short, but a stout tie out. And there's a few reasons I do that. One, it learns, they learn that they can't defeat the pressure that's being put on them. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I've found is I, it, if you've got a hound that's running loose and now all of a sudden they happen to get caught in an entanglement of some sort mm-hmm. they're not gonna fight it you know they're gonna stand there and they're going they're not gonna fight it if it happens to be you know a wolf snare in the west I've heard this yeah yep if it happens to be a coyote snare in the east mm-hmm. then the chances of that dog fighting that to the end and killing themselves is is and harm or harming themselves is greatly reduced
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah like i said any type of lead pressure at that at that age is not a bad thing Mm -hmm. um so so that's eight to twelve weeks and like i said i do a little bit of environmental changes but i try to do that close to the house um he's being a
1: comfort area
2: yeah can't take him somewhere strange and time out
1: it's, you're you're introducing too much to them, right? Yeah, there, you're right? going to overload the dog, and, okay. and,
2: and some dogs may be able to handle it, mm-hmm. but most, for the most part, it'll it'll probably stress them. And then you've just had a bad association with X, Y, and Z, and the next time you do that, you're going to have a bad reaction to that. So, yeah, so eight to twelve weeks. I'm not doing a whole lot other than a little bit of environmental stuff. Um, like I said, I may haul, I may put mine up in the front seat and haul them to the to the dump. Short ride it takes me five minutes, ten minutes total five minutes over, five minutes back, and that's it. Um, so not a whole lot at eight to twelve weeks other than the few things that we talked about. I'm letting them be puppies right um, all right so 12 to 12 to 16 weeks this is where I feel like the environmental stuff is very important. Any canine program or training that I've been to on the, the law enforcement side of it, um, a lot of these guys that are raising dogs to put in the police world. This is the, the most crucial stage for um, socialization. So they're introducing dogs to new noises and new um, textures on their feet, uh, new surroundings, new environments. I w- I'm hesitant to say introduce them to do- different dogs. I have mixed feelings about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think dog parks and I, I would never suggest that for anybody, but that's like going to the MMA ring. You right, know, it is. I, I don't I don't care Flight for them. nights at the dog park. Yep, I just don't agree with it.
1: Unvaccinated, pick up a nice disease and get your dog, chewed, young dog, chewed
2: up. Yeah, so I I caution, I err on the side of caution with um, introducing your dogs to other dogs. Um. If you read in, up on it, that's the stage that they say this is what should be done, and X, Y, and Z. That's when I'm ta- telling you about my experience. I prefer not to.
1: However, if you decide that you're going to walk, you know, a trail in the national forest. Oh yeah, you know, you got mm-hmm. them on, you got them on leash, or they're, you know, and you come across somebody with a dog. That's a good time. That's a good time, you know, in a controlled situation to be yep. able
2: to do that. Yeah, don't overwhelm them, I mean, especially right. if you don't know the other dogs. I also, during this this 12 to 16 weeks, this is when I like to introduce my dogs to water. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't force them, but I'll go find a small... I mean, you can use a mud puddle in your driveway, honestly. You know, just, you know, coax them over to it or let them, you know, let them, you know, do it on their own. I always try to take... I've got a, a couple of small streams here that literally I can step across, like step across and... I use those strengths I'll take my dogs down, and they're close to my house or right over the hill. I take my dogs down, and I do what you just said. We just go for a walk, and I'll jump across it, and Maddie will jump across it, and most of the time one or two of them will plow on it, and it's only like three or four inches deep. Right. It's not nothing that they can't handle.
1: That's like retriever uh, training. When you're, when you're starting a uh, young retriever on, on water retrieves, mm-hmm. you take them to shallow water. Yeah. You know, they're not overwhelmed at that point. Yeah. I do the same thing at my house. I've got a pretty broad creek down there, but it's shallow, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times. So it's, you know, ankle deep to me, and I'll just walk across the creek. The puppies will follow me down there. I'll just walk across the creek, and I'll just go there and sit down Yeah, on a rock. And and one of them will start to come across. Yep. And then another one. And then three or four will come. And then here they all come.
2: Yeah, yeah they'll, yeah, and especially in the pack, the pack, Mentality with them. If you've got a, if you got a couple, if you have a single and you only have one pup, it may take you two or three times. Mm-hmm. Don't be in a rush. Don't don't pick the dog up and throw him in the water.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if that thing's only toenail deep to yeah. him.
2: Yeah. Don't don't force him. You just created a bad association. And I know, Lord, when I started, I mean, I can't tell you the dogs that I picked up and throwed in the middle of the pond. Yeah. Sink or swim. Yep. You know, I will not do that anymore, and right. I haven't done it for years. <laughs> But that's you know that's i i try to it I try to do the best I can with them introduce them to as many environments and as many noises and situations as you can that you can at that age that they can handle. That's very important if you see the dog stressing um you know the dog starts being reluctant to do things with you, you probably need to back up a little bit mm-hmm. give that dog some little bit of time to mature. We all know that dogs mature at a different speed so at that age, do what you can, as much as you can, at the dog's pace. Does that make sense? Yep. I mean, don't like I said, don't don't force it.
1: What do you do? What do you do if you, you're you know, you've raised pups, I raise a litter of pups. We got a lot of people out there that might be getting their first pup, and on that water deal, um, and they got a puppy that won't cross the water. Won't do it. Just won't do it. Period. Yeah, he's just he's like sitting over there whining. He's crying. He's mm. he's doing all that sort of stuff. You want to introduce him to the water? What's your advice for that person? That's an envi- and it doesn't have to be water. It can be any environmental type thing. Maybe it's it's walking on going from grass to walking on that slick floor. Floor because slick floors are huge. Yeah, we're especially we're, in the police world. Yeah, mm. we're going to. We're going to the Farm and Fleet store, and I'll, they allow dogs, and I'm taking him with me. And you walk in there, and well, he locks
2: up. know yeah. well, or the vet's office. Yeah, uh, yeah, the vet's office. But a lot of times, it's not so much the the floor; it's the environment. Uh huh. Um, so I'll back I'll back up and say <sighs> for the police side of it, this is easy because what I do is I get their favorite toy out. And I mm-hmm. I come through the threshold of the door or let's just use a let's just use a vet's office. And if this was a police dog, I'd come through the threshold, I'd swing the toy or play with the toy, the dog would come and get the toy, we'd play in the threshold and I'd let him go out. And then I'd come back and I would repeat this over and over and over, many, many sessions in fifteen minutes. This may be, you know, I may be able to get fifteen sessions in or ten sessions in. And then the next thing I do is I take the toy and I throw it in the in the vet's office. The dog goes in and gets it, runs back to me. We play at the threshold and he goes out. And then I repeat that and the next thing you know the dog's he don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Now, hounds a little right. different.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm not you know, most people out
2: there it's like, I don't care if my hound goes to the farm and fleet store or not. Right. Um, but let's say the dog won't cross the water. I'm gonna downsize that water or that, that air that area as much as I can. Um and if the downsizing don't work, then I'm I am going to set up a scenario where I'm gonna give him options and the only the only option to be to self satisfy him, because we know dogs only do stuff to gratification for them. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, we think we we do this <laughs> and that. We don't. You know, the dog does it for himself. They're selfish. Oh. Um so I may I may cut his food back a day or two and just feed him a handful of food and in that day take his food and put it on i I show it to him i step over the water i put it on the other side he's got choices and most of the time the dog's going to pick the choice that benefits him and Mm -hmm. it's food now if he's not hungry it's not going to work yeah if you got him on a
1: self-feeder every day and and he's fat and sloppy
2: so i may cut his food back a little bit um i'm not advocating starving dogs nothing like that i'm just saying that you know I, I cut their food back, I make it where he's hungry, and then I would take that and that would be the first step that mm-hmm. I would try. Um if it's like I said, if it's a water crossing that that that's what I would do. If it's an environmental thing, um I mean I, I've had this situation with a young dog and I'll just um we we talked about this today too. Hauling a dog in a box and taking him hunt and it's a young dog and at your house the dog's solid. Like bam, 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 does everything, <laughs> and you haven't done what you, sh- you know, you haven't taken those extra, that, that, that 12 to, to 16 weeks and done the exposures that you should have, and now you've thrown the dog in the dog box, you drove drove it 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half to go hunting, and you turn a bunch of dogs loose, and they run off the back of your tailgate, hooray to rail, barking every breath, and that pup's in there going, what in the world just happened? And so you open the dog box, and he's in the back of the dog box. He don't yeah. want to come out. Well, here's how I handle that situation: is I open my dog box and I walk away. I let the dog do it. It may take me two or three days to get him where he comes out on a tailgate and, oh, okay, this isn't so bad. And then the next day he's down, he's running and and go forth. So, back to the the question or the that that scenario: put him in the environment and let him figure self discovery. Let him do it on their own. Don't don't cause and don't try to calls negative association i used to force way too much stuff
1: oh (laughs) you know it was just one of those deals was like no i'm telling you that this is what's going to happen
2: we're going to do it right now Mm -hmm. and um back to the swimming deal i've thrown i can't tell you the dogs i've thrown in the pond it's just i don't know what is it
1: i mean is it just a lack of experience is it our age is it is a combination of everything is it
2: well, I'm not in Setting a, our ways. I think for me, I can tell you, I mean, it's been the education I've got on the, the canine side of the, mm. the, at law enforcement, the training that I've received over the last 10 years. And, you know, we all change. We all grow. Yeah. And I don't, I don't get as tore up and mad about things that don't go my way because I understand that it's a process.
1: You know, the times that I got aggravated or impatient we're usually when i've got my pup and i've i've been telling my buddies about my pup and and i'm excited about my pup and then that first time that you take them out hunting and i don't do nothing they don't do anything or you're having problems now your ego's riding on that pup and so you get frustrated and then you try to f- you you force your will on it so really, what you're doing is you're transferring your own ego onto this little pup that doesn't know that mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't deserve it. And it goes right back to that old saying, you know, a man's ego is a heavy a burden a for a hound
2: to mm-hmm. bear. I was gonna say the exact same thing. It is. It is. All right. So we've got from twelve to sixteen weeks. Um, put put the dog in as many environments, noises, different surroundings, things that he can appropriately handle. And, you know, a few tips real quick on stressors, you know, licking lips, yawning, um, ears back, even with a hound, floppy ear dogs, those ears will ride back towards the back of the head, tail tucked. Um, of course, we know shaking, you know, all that stuff is is signs of, of stress and nervousness. If you see that, just tell yourself, slow down, mm-hmm. Just just stop, slow down, let the dog work it out. And like I said, this may take a couple days. It may take a week. It may take two weeks, but let the dog do it at his own pace, and you will benefit from that greatly. So, 12 to 16 weeks. That's where we're at now. We're at, you know, four months to four months to six months. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I start. Well, I've already started my recalls. Let's go back. Yeah. I need to back way up. Um, <laughs> From the first day that I put food down, hard food for my puppies at weaning age, whatever that may be, I mean it differs, it varies because of the moms, the pups that we that I just raised, um, I was going to wean them at eight weeks old, and she was cutting them off at about six and a half.
1: Jazz cuts them off at about four. Nah, yeah, Mm.
2: yeah. She's like, I'm done. I love you guys, but I'm done with this. Yep. So I start my recall that day. The day that I start feeding them food, um, and we're going to get to food and, and worm or stuff in just a second, because I think that's a, port- a, a important part of the puppy development. But I start my recall right then, um, whether it be with me hollowing, you know, yelling at the pups, whistling, and I start off with a soft, you know, hey, you know, come on, um, I start off with that, and that grows from that time and that time and that time. So now we're at four months old and those dogs are venturing. I'm out on a walk and then I start, I start reinforcing that recall. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's kind of the stage that I start doing stuff like that. Um, every time that dog comes to me, it is a party in, in his hand because I've got food, I've got yeah. a treat. I've got something that that dog is excited about. Mm-hmm. It, it, and, and along with me being excited, you know, Dad, and, and this goes to the canine training. You know, we, you've been there. You know that. You know when you praise that dog, you better sound like a, a four Make year old girl. Mouse. That's right. And the reason, and I'll tell people the reason why we do that is because when they're in a the pack and they're playing and being playful, they're yipping. Yeah, And if yeah. you listen to a pack of coyotes, um, I mean, it's uh, you can stand out and listen to a pack of coyotes, and you can hear them start yipping and stuff. They're playing. They're having a good time. Um. So we use that high pitch voice. Allomonic. Yeah. So the
1: allomonic response, or the you know that is what that isn't that what that's <coughs> called? Uh, or is it m- I don't know. mammalian? I can't remember. I'm gonna have to look it up. But there's a, a response that's actually tied to that mm-hmm.
2: for canine training. Yeah. But yeah. So we use that. So at four, four to six months old, I'm start, I'm, I'm reinforcing my recall, making sure it's solid. If I have problems, I go back to what Ariel and I talked about in a couple podcasts ago. You know, I use the long line. I'm, I start using the tone. Um, at that four to six months in that period, I'm I'm starting to use the tone mm-hmm. um, and pairing the tone with the recall. And you know, you can do it however you want to do it. I don't care. Um, we don't even have to. Get, well, we will not get into that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we already covered the tone. Yeah, we Ariel yeah, Did on yeah. the last pod couple podcasts ago. Yeah. So. I don't care how you do it, but I pair. I start pairing the tone at that a at that that two month period. Um, I start working on different levels, like um, loading in the truck. Now, four month old puppy can't load in my my truck. He mm-hmm. cannot jump up there if he wanted to. Um, but I think it was four and a half months. It was with these pups. I made, um, I made a ramp, and yeah. and let the dogs go up and come down. I fed them. In the back of the truck, mm-hmm. I fed them in the dog box. I, um, I actually bought a platform at Hits that I can start using because it's easier than me dragging an old bench out and putting two blocks of wood under it. I bought one of the training platforms, and I can adjust the height of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to start using that. But in fact, I've already used it with these pups too. They they they're six months old and still can't quite jump in the truck. They're just not coordinated enough. They can they can get three-quarters of the way up it. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I'm, doing, I'm doing these little training sessions during this period. It's four to six months. That's what I'm doing. Uh, the dogs are leading. I'm teaching them to lead. That's, the, that's kind of the stage that I use. But because I use food so much, um, that's kind of the, that phase when I do my lead training. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a flex pole, which is a, uh, it's a fiberglass stick. I stick it in the ground. And it's got a three three foot lead tether to it, and I can put that in the ground. I can put one of the puppies to it. He can run a six foot circle. He can run against it, and it flexes and gives with him. And that's when I teach that lead pressure. Um, so that's the stage that I do that. Could you use one. Of, could you use one of those surf rods that's laying there. In the uh, probably, but the they're yeah. ten foot, <laughs> nine or ten foot. They're long. Um, <clears throat> so that's some things that I'm doing in that four to six months uh i'm taking my dogs on longer walks we are still exploring um like i said four months we were back here at the pond in the water that's when i told you they hit that deer and tried to run it you know yeah so i'm i'm doing the the same things but in longer and bigger increments Mm -hmm. Um, so i've taken the little things and doing them you know baby steps baby steps and i'm starting to stretch those baby steps out i'm taking them on rides Putting them in a the dog box, and again, me. This is just my own preference. I take them on short rides. Um, in fact, I think you may have heard me say it on another podcast that I took them. They were right. They were right under six months old, and I took them to where we hunted today. That's an hour drive for me, and it worried me because they hadn't been in a truck for an hour. These little babies. Yeah, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't want a bad association. Right. You know, sling, you know, going up those curvy roads and slinging them all over the, you know, and I told you they drooled a little bit. I did have one that used the bathroom in the truck, which is expected. Don't get mad; it, it's expected at this point because they don't know the routine. Um, but as soon as their their feet hit the tailgate and they hit the ground, bam! It was like, all right, we're we're back at it. Yeah. You know, so that was a good thing. So that four to six months—that's the stuff that I'm doing: short rides, leading um walks longer walks in the woods um teaching your dog to get up onto the truck um like i said every and i know that we've talked about this before too but every feeding is a training session for me like every feeding i'm doing something that helps me handle um do this do that and everything else so i use those 15 minute and it could be a 15 minute opportunity you guys that have to keep your dogs in the pens because you can't turn them loose. Take that opportunity to train 15 minutes of your evening or your morning or however you have to do it. You guys work a night shift and so on and so forth. Take that 15 minutes and use that. that it, every feeding up to six months old should be a training session. And I know some days it's it's pouring down rain and you got to slip them food or you're out of town or you're on vacation. stuff. I understand. I'm not saying that, but you should take as many opportunities – to train during the feeding session that you can up to six months old.
1: Do you think, do you think sometimes we, we overthink it? We just overthink it. Cause when I think about like my daughter, Cora, um, ever since she was a little kid, I could turn her loose. And she did a lot of this stuff for me. She didn't have any, Mm -hmm. she didn't have any formal training. She'd never been to, you know, it was just puppy hanging out with a kid. Yep. And and, and having
2: Maddie. This, Maddie said this. Maddie's the same, yeah. This, she said this the other day. Well, they're just living their life. Yeah. I mean, and she gets a kick out of it. Yeah. Like, they're just living their best life. And yeah. I mean, that pup and that kid are living their best life. Like, they have no clue. Yeah. But she is doing so much training for me that mm-hmm. I don't have to do. Maddie's, ta- you know, the kids are taking, Maddie's taking the dogs up here to the pond and walking around. She does that. I'll t- I'll tell you what I would
1: say um i've found i got this yog terrier you know and he's he's he just goes everywhere with me ever since he was a little bitty puppy i don't don't worry about him it's he knows when i open the door on the truck he thinks it's his and he's getting in you know Mm -hmm. and i started out by putting him in and now when I open the door, I said, let's go, you know, and I've seen cattle dogs like that, you know, some of these ranchers and stuff have never had a leash on a dog, but that dog That's is right. so loyal to them mm-hmm. and they're just living life. And it's like, come on, let's go. But they, that started at a very young age by making those investments in that yep. foundation started out with, you know, uh, a pup jumping in the truck or putting them in the truck and, feeding them half a bag of Cheez-Its or, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be some – it's just – sometimes we just overthink this whole thing, but it all goes back to the amount of investment that you're going to make. And if you've got that 9-to-5 job or your working days or whatever, when you get home at night and you're going over to your girlfriend's house or you're going – you know, you're running to town to to a hair appointment or whatever, male or female, it doesn't matter – Throw the dog in the car, take them with you, let them get to know your body language, your personality. I, I swear that, that some of the dogs that my daughter has had, the one she's got right now, understands the mood she's in just from the way she's talking on her phone, mm-hmm. Go, yeah. on, going to town. Mm-hmm. You know, when she's like, You got to be kidding me. I, you know, I've seen her, that dog around the house with her, and she's on the phone. And I just sit there and I watch. She's like, Are you kidding me? And all of a sudden, Boomer's just like, oh. What's going on what's, now? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then when she gets excited, Boomer's like, you know, you can see the expression on that dog's face change. Yeah. Just from being with them 24, you know, yep. as much as much as they can be.
2: Yeah. And it, and I want to go back to that four to six months. Um, a couple of these pups. Do I keep de- derailing you? No. Mm-mm. Okay. No. <laughs> a couple of these pups, I've had them out on my boat. Yeah, they're not, I mean, you've seen me post pictures. I mean, I've, they're sitting on the front of the boat. Okay, that's just um, environmental aware. I mean, it's just doing environmental stuff with them. I mean, that boat's running, the wind's blowing. There's lots of noises. They're on the water. Like they love it. But it, again, they I know like like you said, if if they're at the truck wanting to get in and go, they're going. Yeah. And if they're not at the truck wanting that's to get right. in to go. They're not. They can stay here, and when they're ready next month or the month after, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um. So we've got us up to six months. Okay. You should be doing all those things that you can up to that age. Now. I thought we were just doing zero to six months. Well, I want to talk a little bit about from six to eighteen. Oh my word! Well, again, we got to get back into that sleepy that juvenile adolescence. All right. And I can hang on. Yeah. So. You have to remember – and, guys, again, this is just advice. This is just a way, not the way. You can find – you know, I, one of our sayings on this show is find a way to yeah. teach, train, and learn. Find a way to learn. Um, I am not a big proponent at hunting my dogs. Now, if I was coon hunting, six months old, I'd have them out running them, getting them in the woods at night and doing this and doing that with them. They're, they, I don't have a big concern – of a 400-pound bear running my six-month-old dog down and, and destroying it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get in a rush. I could care less if I hunted my dogs until they was a year old on bear. That's me. That's my preference, nobody else's. Um,
1: there's no baby stakes on the mountain. You no. Know. So no. there's nothing to prove.
2: No. Um, I, I'm hauling my pups one at a time. Like I said... Allie walked into the tree with me today, and mm-hmm. she was a complete puppy. Yep, complete puppy.
1: And you well, know, Tough walked in with me. He had no clue what was going on there.
2: Yep. And I, I want to talk a little bit about the the today, just so we, I can give everybody a visual of what I see and how I think. So, I, the reason I don't, I'm not hunting them, is because if they was able to make that race today, let's just say that they made that mile mile and a half race. And how long were they treed before you got to them? Quite a while. They were probably treed. 45 minutes, an at hour? At least, at yeah. least. Okay. So I've got a six-month-old pup in there running around like she was doing, playing with dogs, whose business. Mm-hmm. This is all business. They treed. They can see that thing sitting there. They don't need Allie running around trying to play with them because that's what starts dogs being aggressive. Um, I don't want my puppy that is a puppy – in there, carrying on with them old dogs and playing and wanting to play when they they don't want any part of that. Yeah, we're not here to play. Right, and your yeah. older dogs. I mean, most time it is your older dog. Well, I seen um, Maggie get snippy with her today. Maggie's like, eh, eh. so yeah. I, I grabbed her, tied her up, got her away. But anyway, that stuff that I see, um, I don't want to put my dogs in that situation. But you got to remember, six to eighteen months old, you're dealing with a juvenile adolescent. You are do- dealing with your thirteen year old kid, your fourteen year old kid. You know, they're not going to make good decisions. They are childish. You know, at that age, they got yeah. stuff going on.
1: They've got the energy, they've got the excitement, they've got
2: all that stuff going on. They they just don't have the maturity. Correct. So as those dogs mature, and some dogs mature, I mean, like I said, my dogs have been running loose. Um, the reason I put them up is because. They are literally running my neighbors' horses into the corner and baying them, mm-hmm. and I can't have that. I don't. I'm not paying a sixty-five thousand dollar horse here. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Um, so um, I've put them up, and when I let them out, I put the collars on them, and I start correcting that behavior. And I don't want to. I don't want to shut them down by correct, 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 correct. So that's why I've been more cautious with with them right now. I I'm taking them hunting if I can get them. You know, to see a bear or whatever sitting in a tree, that's fine. And if I don't, I'm okay.
1: Well, I think there's a, there's a time. When these pups are running loose, or, you're going to recognize stuff that's bad. You know, John Wick used to say when they start leaving the house on their own and going and starting to run trash and stuff, you know, I think his saying was no more unsupervised time. At this point. Now it's my job to step in.
2: When we done the podcast, when I done it with Chad Wheeler and the bird dogs, the English pointers, Chad, Chad used to, they, him and his dad used to lease a piece of property off an old guy by the name of A.D. Burton. And A.D. was old, old school, old feller. And he never tied a dog up until they started running off mm-hmm. and doing a, and he let him, he'd raise them until then. And then when he had to go start chasing them down, that's when he put them up. Just yeah. what you're saying. like, now it's time for me to to start doing what i need to do mm-hmm. so i think we've covered it um you know that that 8 to 12 weeks baby steps little things little things that can help enhance the the hunting behavior um dropping food on the ground um doing it in different places if you have to assist your dog just walk him in that direction don't walk and stand over it and say here 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 We don't want to do that. They've got to learn to do some independence on their own. Um, Like I said, a little bit of lead pressure is not a bad thing. Um, I like doing the hand scatters when they're not even around. Yeah. Then they're
1: walking through that grass. You know, some place you're going to have to come back to, and then all of a sudden they're walking through, and all of a sudden you see that big that big send hook. It's like, whoa, what is that? And they
2: smelled it, and now they're down there looking. Yeah, yeah. So little things from 8 to 12 weeks. Um, 12 to 16 weeks are very important. Um, put as much on them as you can without stressing them out or out freaking them out. Like I said, that you've got to watch your dog, understand it. Um, I think we've covered some of the things that, that I like to do with mine. And then, you know, from four to six months is different. Um, that's when I start, um, doing things a little bit longer in length and a little bit more, um, stressful, uh, like I said, loading, hauling them down the road, back, back and forth, just just things that we talked about, and then like I said, six to eighteen months, you just you got the thing that I want to emphasize is here, you're still working with a juvenile. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't expect great things, and they may do them. Like you know, I, Houdini today, he's he's eighteen months old, and I'm tickled to death, but so- his. But his not. <laughs> his behavior, his, your lead. Yeah. Your, your four foot lead. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: used to be a six foot lead,
2: now it's yeah. a four foot lead. Um well yeah, I mean, but he's got a lot he's done a lot of inconsistencies. I mean, he's yeah. he's starting to put it together and do what he's supposed to. So just remember that they're juveniles. Now, I want one more thing I want to cover um real quick. I am a firm believer I in worming my dogs at two weeks, four weeks, to six weeks, to, or it's two, four, five, whatever Nemec says on the bottle, we live by it religiously. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole vet thing about it, but I believe that when you deprive a growing dog of nutrition, that you are stunning its growth. Now, that's my opinion, and I've talked, we've talked to vets about it, I feel like it's very important. I, I can't tell you through my life with dogs that I've been very good about. I've wormed them, but the last couple years, I've been religiously worm it, worm it, worm it, worm it, worm it. Worm it. I also believe in feeding a good quality food. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use supplements. I know you and I have talked about this. Um, this pot, last week's podcast was about supplements. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I use the medicated goat replacement. Yeah. Milk. Oh, yeah. I mean That's what I use. Um, and I do it, like I said, it depends. I've done some dogs up to six months old, and then I do some dogs to, you know, three or four months old. It just depends. I, I look mm-hmm. at the dog. I mean, you can see my dogs. They look I used, good. I used it on them. Um, you know, feed a good quality food. You want those growth plates and those bone structure. You want all that stuff to develop like it should. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go back to the confirmation of the dog, you know, I feel like if you provide them the nutrition and the health care that they need, you will you should get a better product. Yeah. And I'm a very firm believer in that. It'd be
1: cool to talk to somebody about brain develop development and nutrition in the dog world.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I know a person. Yeah. <laughs> I, I probably know a couple. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I I believe in it. Um I know everybody can't some people can't afford it. I get that, and like I said, Chris and him put out a podcast on stuff that you can use if you can't afford the other stuff. Um, but do the best, do the best by your pups. You can. Um, it's a commitment, and I'm going to continue to say that. You know how committed are you? You know what, what, what kind of quality of product do you want at the end, and that all determines on your commitment to what you're going to put into it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, Leon, I hope. That answers your questions. Um, like I said, that's from weaning age to six months old. Um, I'm sure that you probably do all these things already. Hopefully there's a tidbit or two in there that'll that'll help people along. And I hope that the hound community um, can take some of this stuff and and use it. The biggest thing that I want to emphasize is let the pup, do it at a pup speed because he's a puppy. And you know, you're I don't you don't I don't know where your dogs are coming from. You don't you may not know. You may be driving across the country to pick up a dog for somebody you really don't know. Um, you know, the mother, the mother shape, how she's if she's stressful, you know, we talked about that in the podcast too. Yeah, but all that stuff plays into effect.
1: If she's wild and crazy and running in a doghouse and stomping pups and you're gonna you know.
2: have a dog that's a handful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so when you get there, you know, if you are driving across the country, t- watch mom. If she's a kennel pacer and she's real nervous and everything mm-hmm. else, you might have driven a long way, but maybe you drive home.
2: Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, I, I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell on myself, I'm guilty. A couple of years ago, um went to pick up a pup, and when I got there, it was not what I thought it was going to be, and I took it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I kicked myself in the butt all the way home because I felt guilty. I didn't want to say no. Right. But I told myself after that venture, never again. Mm -hmm. Do not do that. If if people get mad at me because I said, you know, this is not what I want, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend you or make you mad, but. This is not what I want. I'm the one that's got to feed the thing for the next 10, 12, 15 years. That's right, and you are too. you you guys are the one feeding it and taking care of it. So you got a huge time investment. You got money invested. Uh,
1: you know, in the care of that dog. If you if you don't feel right about it, then and the other thing is um, don't don't buy into cookie cutters. You know, my pups my pups been doing this. Maybe even it's a litter mate you know, you know, somebody's got a litter mate pup to the one you bought and they're posting on Facebook. He's a wonder pup." Don't get freaked out about it. You know, if they're, if they're still in that developmental stage, you don't have anything to prove to anybody. I would rather have solid finishers than early starters every day.
2: Yeah. But again, if the, you know, I'm going to go back to Bart's pot. If the genetics are there, it's going to work itself out. Yep. It's going to work itself out. Um, I truly believe that, and the more, like I said, the more I learn on the the law enforcement side, like, the more it opens my eyes Mm -hmm. to things, and, you know, I mean, I see things now that 10 years ago, I didn't have a clue. 15 years ago, I was dumber and dumb. I didn't have, you know, I was the one leading those dogs around that wouldn't shut up, that was doing this and was doing that, Um, and had no idea other than giving them a good thrash and what to do with them, yeah, I mean that I hunted them, I hunted the hair off of them, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing, right. So, Leon, hope that answers your question. Chris, you got something? To add? Nope. Hope that answers, you know, helps you along, um, guys. If there's something in particular that you want us to talk about, I'm open to suggestions. I can't promise you that we'll get it. Um, we've got a lot of people lined up and trying to fit things in here and there, um, but we want to bring you good stuff. We want to bring you solid information, and just know that you know I'm going to continue traveling around. Um, had a good week in Hits learned a lot of stuff. In what
1: is hits? You've said it. You've said it a couple times. It's
2: handler instruction training seminar.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's like a big expo with yes. classes, breakout sessions, and classes that talk about certain parts yeah. of training.
2: And everybody asked me, why didn't you take your dog? This is not a hands-on. This mm-hmm. is a classroom setting. This is where you go in and you learn from some of the top premier trainers in the world. Yeah. You know, when I say the world, I mean the world. Like I said, one of the best classes I sit in, I've already said it, was um, the combat tracking class, which is I already we already do a lot of the things, but, man, I picked up so much more detail. And I hope to have this, this fellow on in the near future a wealth of information. And I think it would be good because he's tracked in so many different environments from the desert to the rain rainforest, humidity, dry, sand. Like he has traveled all over the Europe. world. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm hoping to have him on in the near future. And I believe that one will be a really good, uh, learning experience for me. Cause like I said, I, I spent a lot of time with him after class. Yeah. He probably got tired of seeing me, but. Uh, you know I, 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 I thrive for that knowledge mm-hmm. so alright guys thank you for joining us on the journey and as always um, hope you find a way to teach train and learn